On this episode, Jason ruins my life with, please retweet. I predict this will be your favorite episode yet. It's not going to be totally awesome. I don't get it. Hi, welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And today we're going to talk about a piece of ongoing Dadaist <laughs> performance art. It's it's a new new media performance art. Yeah, we had, we had a bunch this of plans. This is a whole theory. <laughs> we had a bunch of plans uh, drawn up, so to speak, for an episode about art history. But we're going to push that one back. I got to make a lesson plan. And we're going to instead turn our attention to a, a modern piece of art. Mm-hmm. A, a contem- contemporary is, I think, yes, the right contemporary, word. Modern, the modern era ends in 1945 or so. Uh, it's a show. It's a web original content show. From Polygon.com. From Polygon.com called Please Retweet. Mm-hmm. Starring Patrick Gill, video producer at Polygon.com. Um, Polygon is notable for being a, well, it's a video game journalism site. You may know them from monster factory which has been my intro to polygon.com right it's not it's notable well this is sort of how both of us came to the the site mm-hmm. is through the mcelroy brothers and their the mcelroy family of products uh because two of them justin mcelroy and griffin mcelroy do a show called monster factory which is great and you should watch it this is not an episode about that we could have done we could have done that because <laughs> you did introduce me to that by the end we may be kicking ourselves for not doing that one Ugh. but we're already here I feel like the, yeah, this is this has more. I think this has more discussion. You might say it has more legs. Oh, mm. even more legs. Mm. So we're fans of the McElroy family of products, <laughs> and through that we, you know, we watched Monster Factory. We got to the other Polygon uh, McElroy adjacent properties, like Cool Games Inc., Touch, Touch the Skyrim, Carboys, Carboys, the existential journey that is Carboys. Carboys and Touch the Sky are both uh, pieces that Griffin McElroy does with Nick Robinson, who is, I believe, and am I, am I saying this right, Bay? Is he's, he Bay? He's Bay. He's Bay. Nick is Nick Robinson is Bay. I guess, yeah. How old is he? I feel weird. I feel like he's young, and I feel weird. He's 26. Oh. I mean, I think he's about 26. <laughs> uh, I'm just guessing. So clearly Jason thinks Nick Robinson is Bay. <laughs> I mean, anyway, we're not talking about Nick Robinson. No, I'm I'm just walking through a perhaps too in-depth uh, account of how we ended up here. Well, I'd, I'd seen uh, uh, Nick tweeting about it, and there's some things that happened over the course of Please Retweet that I'd seen happen uh, in real time that then become part of the narrative. Uh, but before we get too far into that, maybe we should explain, generally speaking, what the narrative of Please Retweet is. So for those uh, not familiar with the Super Mario Brothers franchise. There's a character named Toad. Mario's friend Toad. Mario's friend Toad. Uh, they are friends. They start off as just sort of acquaintances, possibly co-workers, depending on how you want to look at it. But they are they are surely friends by now. I think I'm very unaware of what the actual like narrative of the Mario Brothers franchise is. Really? Like, he's a plumber, right? Yeah, but that's not really relevant. He has to save the princess? Yeah, Bowser, a.k.a. King Koopa kidnaps princess peach 
Is this uh, relevant? Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. This is relevant. It's all relevant. It's all part of the, the, the collage we're building. Okay. Uh, you might say it's an impressionistic no. portrait. Of, okay, no, no. No. Okay. That was, that was kind of a shot in the dark. I, I apologize. No, collage would still be dataist. In the original Super Mario Brothers game, mm-hmm. Mario goes to rescue Princess Peach, only to find uh, at, at the end of every world, except for the final one where he finally is successful in rescuing the princess, he finds Toad, who is a diminutive toad? little... Uh, um, I guess low-level servant of the kingdom. No, who's, a, who's a little dude in a, in a big old mushroom hat. Oh, I thought that was his head. That that's his hat. Oh. I think it's his that's hat. That's less fun. Oh, I've never actually thought about I it. I thought it was his head. Patrick said he had a big head. I mean, I think the if idea, that wasn't his hat, his head would be normal sized. I always assumed that was his hat, but I don't guess I've ever actually seen Toe without his hat on. So. I think it's his head. How would that work? Is but the th- he's the, a toadstool. The part of well, he's not actually a toadstool. He's a he's a he's a human being. He's a baby. <laughs> he's young. He's got a young face. Also, th- this is important to note. There actually are. There's more than one toad in the Mario Brothers franchise. That's what franchise. I thought. I mean, I don't know if that's explicit in. I mean, it's kind of implied in Again, the original is game. Is this really necessary to the narrative? Of, please retweet. Please retweet is an exploration of the character of Toad, <laughs> and th- what happens when you when you tweak a subtle yet central element to toad's character his feet slash legs i'd say his whole lower body sort of gets a reworking yeah you're right <laughs> in in the style of marcel duchamp yes and his ready mates so what happens in please retweet fast forward 30 years <laughs> to now. 35 36 whatever how many long it's been since super mario brothers uh patrick gill uh created a picture of toad a, a sort of a photoshopped variant of the official nintendo approved image of toad where he's replaced uh, Toad's cartoon feet, shoes, with long, hairy man... Thighs. Man thighs. Because there are no feet. You can't see the feet. Presumably there are, there are feet at the bottom of yes. it. And, uh, and, and an adult diaper. And an adult diaper. <laughs> creating a humorous image of Toad. Now, we sort of got into this uh, uh, off-air a little bit, Kelsey. Mm-hmm. But you were explaining to me uh, Dadaism... <laughs> Kind of. As, as a theory trying. of art? <laughs> you were doing your best. You were doing the Lord's work. Yeah. Uh, can you run through just real quick how you feel like the so, changes Patrick has made to Toad reflect Marcel Duchamp's thinking on, on art? Yeah, so I feel that this particular picture of Toad that Patrick Gill has made is owes a debt to um, Marcel Duchamp's ready-mades. Um, particularly, uh, like the most famous urinal where he turned it upside down and wrote some stuff on it, called it a new piece of art. He took a postcard of the Mona Lisa and wrote some letters on the bottom and gave it a mustache. New piece of art. And what Patrick has done with Toad here is taken a recognizable thing like the Mona Lisa, changed it just a little bit. New piece of art. What was uh, Deschamps thinking behind making these minor changes and producing a new work of art i don't know i don't think about discontentment with the world and it was between world war one and world war two everyone's really sad and um, do you think there's anything to a drawing a line between that and what patrick is doing here i don't know <laughs> well if, if it has something to do with dissatisfaction with the world and what it can offer us yeah this patrick or at least the version of patrick we see throughout the show mm-hmm. is certainly not a satisfied person no he's clearly got some demons some darkness behind the eyes. You are indeed correct. Hmm. 
oh, anyway, the premise of the show. Mm-hmm. So Patrick takes this, this this good picture of Toad that he made, and he tweets it at Nintendo of America's Twitter account, their official twitter.com uh, profile page, mm-hmm. and asks them to retweet it. Mm-hmm. And that's each episode. Each episode is him uh, he- attempting to, uh, and to this point, failing, and attempting to get Nintendo to retweet the Toad through various means, including subterfuge, uh, <laughs> uh, deceitfulness, Giving Le- up. Legal action. Humor. <laughs> Jokes and humor. Thinly veiled threats. Thinly? Uh, appeals to authority via Chris Hardwick, <laughs> host of AMC's Talking. And I, I don't, I don't want to get too much in, into the plot because things develop and there's a few twists and turns. That and it, it's you, ongoing. It's ongoing. Usually we, on this podcast, talk about works of art that are, are complete. Yes. That have uh, have run their course mm-hmm. because it's um sort of it's it's easier to discuss a thing when you can see it all the way through, like TV shows especially. It's kind of a lot of TV shows, especially modern day television programs, which are often structured as one long narrative. Mm-hmm. It's hard to really discuss them in depth, which is what we try to do. Mm-hmm. We try to do it. It's hard to do that without finishing it. It'd be like say reading a book and not reading it all the way through, or say. That um, one was for Morgan Stewart. <laughs> or, or, or say getting assigned to watch uh, Peaky Blinders and only watching one season out of the three that were available. Thank you for the equal opportunity burn. What I'm saying here is that our, <laughs> our first two episodes were not our best two feet to start off on. Yeah. If only we'd had Don't the sort listen of, to those. If only we'd had the sort of strong foundation that this toad has. <laughs> this toad. We could have started the off. The strong our, thighs of the toad. <laughs> if only our podcast had the metaphorically powerful thighs that this good toad picture has. It is a good toad picture. It's very good. But this isn't a TV show, Jason. No, but it's, it's an ongoing narrative. Yes. And usually we would wait until it was done to discuss it. But, but we don't know. But no, we don't know. Like, as we're, as we're recording now on Sunday, July 9th. That sounds right. Yeah, does anyone want to verify yep, the date? Right. Okay, that's it's July right. 9th. We have, we, have, <laughs> we have verified the date. As we're recording this on, on Sunday, July 9th. You are dating our release though because this stuff could be released for almost two weeks that's that that's the thing i want to i want to point out that, that there could be new and stunning developments in this case in the case of retweeting the in toad. the case of retweeting the toad between uh in the case of gill v nintendo of america <laughs> there could be major developments in that between now and our release date you are correct so yes. people need to take that into account like we could be living in a whole new social media era by the time this happens the era in which nintendo has retweeted the toad do you think like but I want us to be part of the, the movement. The movement, If there yes. is anything we can do in the slightest to get Nintendo I mean, to retweet this I mean, you realize the goal of this has to be is that when we put this link to this episode up on Twitter, it has to be with a picture of the toad. Right, obviously. <laughs> I might skip the, the, the entire uh, file of the, the episode and just put a picture of the toad up as this week's episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so the whole concept is Patrick wants Nintendo to retweet the toad. Nintendo has not retweeted the Toad in four months, five months? It's been about three and a half months at this point, I think, since this whole project began. Um, which, like, okay. Okay, Nintendo, you don't want to mess with your brand, but the Toad is funny. It's a good picture of the Toad. Good picture of Toad. I don't want to... There's that whole thing about dissecting humor is like dissecting a frog. Mm-hmm. You don't learn anything, and the frog usually dies. Oh. So I don't want us to get you. You seem kind of sad there. 
Did you ever dissect? Well, the frog's it? already dead if you're dissecting it. Yeah, but it, they're they're including the process of getting, of like getting the frog and killing it to dissect it. And, and okay, sure. It's a, it's a it's not meant to be like. Do you Is that get, a perfect metaphor? Do you get the point I'm making? Yes, I do. So I I I don't want us to. So you really want the podcast to be about how I believe that this particular thing, please retweet on polygon.com, is a piece of contemporary performance art of the highest esteem. Right, because if we get if we if we dig down too deep into trying to figure out why the toad is so good, yeah. I'm worried we'll ruin it. Yeah, there no, we don't wanna we don't wanna do that. I don't I don't wanna leave it unexamined. No. Because that that would be us uh abdicating our responsibility as critics. Are we critics? Yeah, sure. Why not? Why not? Okay. You can, anyone can be anything nowadays. Listen, I studied film in in college. You literally have a master's in art. Yeah, that's true. If we're not qualified to be critics, at least you know, on if we if we add our two things together, we could we could be culture critics. I'm certain. I'm certain that that put together, we equal at least one average internet critic. Actually, I'm, I want to jump back for a second. Did you ever have to dissect a frog? I did not. I did not take AP Biology, so I did not have to dissect anything. Oh, neither did I. But I didn't, in my school, we didn't do like, uh, we did integrated science instead of like a year of biology. So I never dissected anything. Oh, I dissected a squid. Ooh, in high school? Yeah. Oh. We did, because I went to a fancy private school, we did um, intro, <laughs> intro trips <laughs> once a year. Oh, <laughs> and uh, come, come, children! We must away to the coast. <laughs> Sophomore year, we went to um, the Gulf Coast in uh, Southern Alabama. The professors uncovered the uh, the rad giant squid, and you're going to cut it up, children. And, and we studied marine life, cephalopods, and, did and you the like. Forget, did you remember to pack your cucumber sandwiches for lunch? And we dissected the squids, and then we ate them. Oh God! We fried them. <laughs> Made calamari. It was good. We made we made pens out of their ink and bones. Oh God! <laughs> you really, you really tore that thing up. Yup. <laughs> but I feel like dissecting a squid is a lot less traumatic than dissecting like a mammal because it doesn't have the same insides as we do. I never had to do that. The point I was making was that I actually <laughs> dissected a frog in seventh grade. Oh wow! Which seems seems kind of early to do that. It does seem kind of early. Uh, many people, you know, you did not have to do it. You could abstain if you chose to. Yeah. As many people did. Maybe the more squeamish among us. Maybe I something that early, but I don't think so. I think you would remember it. It wasn't traumatic, but it was very strange. I don't know. Like, I don't find cutting things up. Like, I enjoyed cutting up that squid. <laughs> you know, we got on a tangent. We're talking about frogs. Uh-oh. You know what frogs are related to. You know what Kelsey's about to do? Toes! Bringing it back around. <laughs> yes, I love it. Now, where are you going with this? So Patrick's trying to get this picture of Toad retweeted. It's a very good picture of Toad, and we're not really going to go into why, but all <laughs> the humor lines up. I think if you can picture the Toad in your in your mind. If you know what Toad looks like, just give him an adult diaper and the tops of man's hairy legs. But keep that impish, bright, impish encouraging brain. attitude that makes Toad so so lovable, such an endearing character, and such a major part of the Mario franchise. Do they make toad plushies? Because he looks very huggable. Oh, yeah. They, they, there's, there's a ton. There's definitely, like, toad. I want to at some animals. point revisit. We don't have to do it right now. We can do it off air or in a later episode. Mm-hmm. I want to revisit the question of what's under toad's hat. <laughs> or if that is indeed his hat. I think it's his head. I feel like I'm, I have a vague memory of seeing on one of the 
barely licensed licensed Mario cartoon shows that ran in the mid nineties. Sure. I remember him seeing like taking his hat off. And she's sort of like a little like weird nubby head. If he takes his hat off, he's just a baby. But think about like his hat Does he wear a shirt, Jason? Yeah, he wears a shirt and a vest. He wears a white shirt and a blue vest. He's a he's a shirt? But the thing is, like, his, the thing, the, the... Bring up the picture of actual Toad. Okay, I'll pull up the picture of Toad. I want to see, because that, that Toad just has a vest, no shirt. But, like, think about, Either like, Toad is a baby human, or he's a different species, and thus I think the Toadstool thing is his head. Perhaps you were right. No, he, you're right, he's not wearing a, he's not wearing a shirt, he's he just wearing shirtless. the blue and gold vest. I'm going to Google Mario Toad. Species? No hat. <laughs> toad, no hat. Oh! <laughs> Oh, no, I've, I found the exact image from that cartoon I was describing to you. So it's just an apocryphal cartoon. It's apocryphal. I don't, know, I don't know if we can take this as canon, but, like, look at this and tell me if you no, saw this. thank you. You could ever forget this. No. This image would be seared onto your mind forever, Kelsey. But the question to me is, like, look how small his head is compared to the thing on his head. If that's not his hat, his head is, like, balloons out to an enormous size. But if it is his hat... His head also seems like it might balloon out, out to an enormous, <laughs> an enormous uh, lopsided shape. But Patrick said that he has a large head. Okay, I'm, I've sort of gotten off the off the beaten path here with this with this, this Google search. Boy, there's a lot of Toad cosplay out there. That's weird. Here he is with a different hat. See, this implies that it's a hat. Look at the shape of the the. See, that looks like a helmet that could go over his head. <laughs> His big head. We're not getting anywhere with this. We're really not. Here's the thing is that the mushrooms You're with that design. You're on team Toad has a hat. I'm on team Toad has a mushroom head. I hope this episode will bring us closer together, Kelsey, but it <laughs> seems it's only torn us further apart. I mean, we both enjoyed Please Retweet. That's right. That's right. Bring it back around. Let's bring it back around. Kelsey. Yes. Before I showed you Please Retweet, mm-hmm. did you have any idea what you were in for? Well, I went to Polygon and searched for pre- Please Retweet because you told me it was a Polygon production. And I went to the playlist and just looked at, like, the titles of the episodes and the screen cat, the screenshots. And I was like, well, this looks weird. And I'd seen Patrick in some things, but not really anything. Because like, I watched a lot of their E3 coverage because it was funny. And, like, I don't play video games, but I enjoy Polygon, which I think is the genius of Polygon. That's, uh, that's I think, probably true of, of many of their viewers. Yeah. Maybe not all, but I'm certain that there are at least... Some like me, I barely play video games anymore, but I still enjoy Polygon a great deal. Yeah, like I said, I think that's the genius of Polygon. It really—I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. I just really want to take a moment to uh, to acknowledge how genius that really is, <laughs> because of how much humor based on video games has for my entire life been hacky and terrible and lazy. Mm-hmm. That there can be a like group of people producing video game themed humor and entertainment that is actually like good on its own merits. It really pleases you. It, I I'm mean, glad I, it makes you happy. It, truly, just with your comment, like I've finally realized that what a, an accomplishment that really is like why polygon is so good you know why part of it is because there's a lot of women who work at polygon that's right and most of the humor the most of the video game quote-unquote humor yeah with air quotes to oh. imply that i'm being sarcastic has been i don't want to contribute to the stereotype of angry lonely nerds but white a lot dudes. of angry lonely white dudes <laughs> Yes. Um, no, I think actually my favorite part of this was when he brought Allegra in because <laughs> she had been retweeted by Nintendo. This is that that's a really a turning point in the series. Yeah. When he when he brings in his friend and colleague who has successfully been retweeted by by Nintendo with little effort. Yeah. And it truly sends Pat on a spiral down into the depths also, of the depression. Also, the Toad Talk was really good. <laughs> You should all just watch this. I don't know how to explain it because it's great, 
but I don't want to ruin the humor by over explaining it as Jason said it's funny it's great it's also art like Patrick Gill is playing the character of Patrick Gill but like a different Patrick Gill right we can assume that Patrick Gill that, that appears in, in Please Retweet is a fictionalized version of Patrick Gill the real person yes and fictionalized versions of, of Nick Robinson as well, I would think. And I, th- I think Allegra was being herself, but... <laughs> and this version of Patrick is sort of both enthusiastic and has a capacity for almost childlike naivete and adoration, but also deeply troubled and uh, emotionally turbulent. Yes. In his pursuit of a, um, a dubious goal. Is it? It's it's probably the lowest possible goal you could set for yourself. I don't know if that it means it's dubious. I mean, I don't know if he'll really accomplish anything by getting Nintendo to retweet the Toad. Well, at this point, it will be a validation of his his work and his effort he's put into getting the Toad retweeted. So it will be it will be of value in that sense. But of itself, Nintendo uh, retweeting no, it wasn't retweeting a funny Toad is not a really thing to be celebrated or even pursued. Polygon is the foremost a a well known video game journalism website. It is, it is probably among the, the like foremost. Like, the people at Nintendo know what Polygon is. There is evidence of that within the series itself. But I won't give away because it's one of the... It's with one the of Allegra the, thing. With what happens after that. Oh, oh right. Oh, and the Allegra thing. You're right. Yeah. I'm sorry, yes. Yeah. Oh, no, the... Yes. I don't, I don't want to give that away, but I yes. mean, I feel like we, we can't not... We can't... We always talk about spoilers when we talk about a thing. Why can't we talk about them now? We, we try to stay away from some spoilers, though. Do we? We always I, give up I, eventually. I, I tried try to, because I think of this as a, a platform for advocation. Uh, not, not to, again, uh, pursue the possibly harmful line of thinking that we uh, are critics, but we are acting in a critical capacity. And, it, and the, the goal of criticism is to... Um, well, there's a lot of goals to criticism. Let me break them all down individually over the next three hours. Interspersed with your Hi, I'm Jason trauma. Edwards. This is my podcast. <laughs> the goals of criticism. Anyway, so there is within the series acknowledgement that Nintendo has seen the Toad. They've definitely seen They've it. definitely seen the Toad and not retweeted the Toad. And there is, in fact, the implication that perhaps there is some faction within Nintendo of America that wants to retweet the Toad, but are forbidden to do so by some Byzantine company bylines laws regulations probably yes in many points the 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 show the series threatens to become a treatise treatsy a treatise treatise a treatise a treatise threatens to become a treatise Um. on everything from internet fame to depression to censorship and this is why I'm saying that this is not just a piece of original web content but an ongoing work of contemporary performance art. But yeah, that, that, what's amazing is, is how carefully the uh, Patrick resists pursuing any, any of those potential you know, thematic possibilities and keeps the focus squarely on the character of Patrick Gill and his quest to get Nintendo to retweet the Toad. What I'm sort of getting at here is the idea of Patrick Gill, the character within Please Retweet. I believe one day he will rest among the pantheon of the great comedic characters. Right up there with Alan Partridge... With David Brent and Michael Scott and what's another British character? Ali G, I guess. Here's a query. What happens when the toad gets retweeted? Does the character of Patrick Gill leave forever? 
Do we lose him to the world or does he move on to a new quest to perhaps get a new toad retweeted? Or a different platform? Does he stitch his wings back together to once again fly towards the sun? I don't know. I'm asking you. It's a query. It's a... First of all... Patrick! First, first of all, here's a query. Sounds like the, a great name for your like spinoff queer studies podcast. <laughs> here's a query. Um, <laughs> with Kelsey Goldman. Uh, no, I think that the character of Patrick Gill within the world of Please Retweet is so singularly focused on getting the, the toad retweeted <laughs> that if he were to accomplish that, and that's a big if... There's no, there's no guarantee he'll, he'll, you know, achieve satisfaction. But after that's completed, I think that character has n- really nowhere else to go. Because in that world, he's been defined as this, this, is, this is his only characteristic. So he's just going to, you know, like, implode and into himself? I think it would, it would be um, appropriate for Patrick Gill to retire the character. Uh. After the completion of his quest and not succumb to the, uh, you know greed-based temptation to bring the character out of retirement once more. They did that with Alan Partridge. Alan Partridge never really went away. Mm. I was thinking more about David Brandt from The Office. Did they bring him back? Oh, you don't know about this? <laughs> You've seen The British Office, right? Yeah, but I it made me so uncomfortable I had to stop watching it. So you, you, I also don't like Ricky Gervais or Martin Freeman, so... Yeah, that's fair. It's a fair response. <laughs> anyway, go on. I don't know this. Uh, at the, towards the end of that series, David Brandt achieves some mild celebrity very very mild as a singer but it's played as a it's 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 funny okay like sure. it, it sounds unreasonable based on where he is at the start of that series but by the end he sort of it's kind of a one-off joke in in the finale that he is now a <laughs> singer of little note uh and and but that happened back in i guess 2002 uh but last year ricky gervais produced and released a special called David Brent Life on the Road. Why? And maybe that's not the title, but it's about David Brent pursuing his career in music as a performer. No, thank you. And it, he even like recorded an entire fake album of him of him singing in character as David Brent. Stephen Merchant was not involved in the David Brent revival. Good. Nor was anyone else who was involved in the original version of The Office. Good. Stephen Merchant's too good for that shit. So Patrick, if you're listening, and I'm sure you are, I hope you are. Don't do it. Don't do it. No matter how much money they, they offer you 10 years down the road to bring back Patrick Gill, when to bring him toad, out of retirement for one last special. When the toad is retweeted, Patrick Gill moves on. Just let it go. The character of Patrick Gill, who needs the toad retweeted, dies. He dies, and all those moments will be lost. Like tears. I keep calling it the toad. The it's rain. just toad. The image is the toad. The image is the toad. Okay. The proper mm. title for the image is the toad. It's the toad. It's not even the picture of toad. It's just the toad. See, now I just want a picture of toad in like the big Lebowski like robe with the sunglasses. The toad. I guarantee you there's a website online where you can buy that on a t-shirt. <laughs> you can buy that very design. The toad abides. He's got like, I don't know, Mario is the John Goodman character. Mm-hmm. Luigi is Steve Buscemi. That sounds right. I assume the Koopas are the, are the nihilists. Yeah. Um, what else? What, um, Princess Peach is the uh, Julian Moore character. The Julian Moore. Yeah. Oh, so it's Sigourney Weaver. No. Um, different. Sigourney Weaver would have been good in that role, too. <laughs> Not as good as my girl, Julie. I do like Julianne. Yeah. Julianne Moore's the best. What were we talking about? The Toad. We weren't talking about Julianne Moore? 
we're talking about. I, I think we were, we, were, we were crafting our, our tfury.com pitch. Yes, for the for Toad Bites. Yeah. You write that down? Just going to do a quick Google search to, to, to confirm that's not already <laughs> happened. The thing is, if, if it hasn't already happened, we're going to have to get that together before this episode goes out and people have uh, direct access to our IP. And if we've learned anything from Please Retweet, it's that you've got to protect your IP. Yes, that is, that is paramount. Um, I'm not seeing it. I think, I think we're in the clear. Nice. That's it. Get, get a mock-up done tonight and we'll get this thing rolling. Finally monetize this fucking podcast. <laughs> the Toad Abides. Been doing this shit for a year now. Can we make money off of someone else's IP? Because the Toad <laughs> is definitely Nintendo's IP. <laughs> T-Fury exists entirely to do that. I think it's kind of an under parody. Oh, so I think that actually protects us. Nice. It's fair use, man. Anything's nice. fair use. I guess technically the dude is also going by those IP. Yeah. So Mashing it's up those IPs. Mash them ups. You mash them up, you create, I think, what is technically a whole new IP that you can really do anything with. I mean, we, we probably couldn't make it. Marcel Duchamp. We can't. <laughs> Whoa. Dadaism. What, what is the, the T-Fury nerd culture mashup uh, cash-in t-shirt industry but... But a ready-made. It's a ready-made. Marcel Duchamp would be proud. Anytime you see anything, it's a ready-made. He wouldn't, actually. Marcel Duchamp actually had some really good artwork that wasn't ready-made, but no one remembers those. He wouldn't be proud because he's fucking six feet in the ground right now. Yeah, he, he dead. He's dead. I don't give a shit what he thinks. I don't give a shit what any of those dead motherfuckers think. That's... You hear, okay. me, you hear me, Picasso? Yeah, he, he's me, dead, too. You hear me, Monet? You hear me, Manet? Also dead, and a different person. Good job. <laughs> yeah, they're both dead. I don't give a fuck. And, that's, and it's like that. <laughs> Boom. End of episode. <laughs> Smash cut to credits. What is the point? Of, of please retweet? Let's bring it back home again. Just to get the toad retweeted. Well, okay. Sorry, I have joined the collective responsible. <laughs> it's hard to argue with that. This contemporary, uh, contemporary art happening. That is occurring around. Please retweet. <laughs> there is a, it just it, the whole thing brings me a good deal of joy, if I'm being totally honest. It's nice that there's happy things in the world. <laughs> I I love that there is. Yes, thank you. Patrick's quest to get the toad retweeted is is a pure joyous thing. Thanks, Patrick. Thank you, Patrick. I also enjoy. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. Thanks. <laughs> Why would you do that? Why would you do that? <laughs> I, I really enjoy, and I want to touch on this very briefly, because this has sort of popped up in the last couple of days, and by the time this reaches your ears, it will be a, I was sure, I'm sure the whole phenomenon will evolve in a whole new direction. But there is a, currently there's a movement within the Please Retweet fandom. To I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I think you mean the contemporary art collective surrounding Please Retweet. There is a movement within the contemporary art collective surrounding Please Retweet. Thank you. To, uh... Write and record, I guess you call them parodies of uh, songs by the Mountain Goats. I would normally say if this was any other band, improvements, but like, I love the Mountain Goats. These, they, they have re recorded the Mountain Goats some of their classic songs with lyrics reflecting the uh, the toad of it all. The toad of it all. <laughs> lyrics were inspired by Please Retweet and the events within. And that's just sort of popped up in the last two days, and it's. You know, it's honestly maybe one of those jokes that's just better as an idea than an execution. I would have thought that, but I've heard some of the songs, and they're actually pretty funny. Yeah. 
problem is like if I hear like there's a parody of Song for Dennis Brown called Song for Reggie Feels a Me. Feels a May? You don't know. I, I don't know. I, I usually go to you for my pronunciation advice, but this, this is, is not one a situation where, where I, I can't rely on you. <laughs> it's the only one. But the point is that song, the original version of that song makes me so sad that hearing it, it parodied still makes me sad. <laughs> but sad in like that mountain goat's way. Yeah. I'll save melancholy. That. I'll save that for another episode. I feel like the mountain goats make me melancholy. I, I, have, a, I have a whole book's worth of thoughts about the mountain goats. And I know. Specifically, and specifically how they make me feel. I know. And how that sort of sadness is sort of calming and clarifying in a way that regular sadness is not. So, if, please retweet is inspired by the, in, in, in the same tradition of the Dadaists, what do you think the goal is? And I know, and, and please don't say to get the toad retweeted. <laughs> if there's a grander statement being made here, um, what do you think it is? Comment on the chaos of the world? I don't know. <laughs> Could it specifically be the chaos of social media? Perhaps. And particularly the way brands operate within social media? The way these big monolithic brands have been forced to sort of try to engage on the same level as the normal folk who uh, populate social media? You know, I think you're right. Because, like, the whole Dadaist thing started as sort of like an anti-art art. And Patrick Gill's kind of doing, like, the anti-social media social media where he's not really using all the tips and tricks to get something retweeted he's just tweeting it at them like he's not being like everyone retweet this at nintendo i have a lot of you know what i mean you understand what i'm saying it's the anti-social media social media he he has a the character of patrick is sort of attempts to um, leverage his his influence mm-hmm. as a social media influencer mm-hmm. but the actual creator of patrick gill is not doing that exactly he's he's very it's doing quite the opposite mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in pursuit of a thing that will that will it's sort of a, a bit of a quixotic uh quest in the, in the tradition of don uh quixote D- don quixote <laughs> is that where that word comes from quixotic yeah yeah and it always trips me up because obviously quixote is quixote but quixotic is not quixotic it's i think so i'm not sure i've ever heard anyone say the word quixotic out loud um, I feel like I have, and I feel like they say it like that, but I'm not really sure. I think you would remember if you heard someone say the phrase, yeah, it's a, it's a real quixotic. <laughs> yeah, that would I probably would stick have. out in your mind. I think I would have, yeah. So yeah, there's something there, and I feel like, you know, this all, maybe is you know, perhaps a flaw in trying to examine this work of art before it's reached its, its completion. But there's something in there about the way Patrick is sort of exposing the, you know... The vast underlying network of assumptions that build up social media. It's a criticism of the time we live in. Yeah, and how it takes just one minor tweak to the beloved character Toad to expose uh, really sort of like the falsehoods that we that we take for granted about what is and is not acceptable in the public sphere. Exactly. Exactly. So, recommendations? <laughs> Do we have any recommendations this episode? Um, you should all watch Please Retweet. <laughs> yes. Please watch Retweet. Please. Please watch Please Retweet. And please retweet. Please retweet. Retweet the toad. 
please, please, Nintendo, Nintendo, please retweet the toad. Nintendo, retweet the toad. Nintendo, if you're listening, please retweet the toad. <laughs> Sorry, Nintendo. Sorry, Nintendo. Are you done, Kelsey? Yeah, I'm okay. done. I'm done. <laughs> okay, special thanks to Danny Abound of the Weeping Willards for use of their song, Outside in the Rain, from their self-titled album, available now on Bandcamp. And special thanks to Carly Sussman for designing our logo. Uh, if you get a chance, don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. And if you like us, tell your friends. Tell your friends. Let us know that you like us. Let them know you like us and let us know. Yeah, we want to know. We, we, we're very needy. We, we have many self-esteem issues. We, we need that positive reinforcement just to, get, just to keep going. So please, like, do your part. We don't have a good joke. <laughs> this this is this is the we don't we don't have a patreon set up we have a patreon of emotions set up right here yes you you can pay us with positive emotions one dollar's worth of good feelings per episode that'd be great and if you're gonna have donors we'll do a bonus episode about feeling good sure on this episode i ruined kelsey's life with friendship what is eat some edibles record? <laughs> <laughs> that would be illegal in Denver until next time all you crazy cats out there in radio land I've been Jason Edwards I've been Kelsey Goldman happy, happy holidays. holidays retweet the toad <laughs> they wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up can't let them get to me and even though i always fuck my life up only i can mention me they wish i would go ahead and fuck my life up can't let them get to me and even though i always fuck my life up only i can mention me only I can mention me. I'm certain Only of this. I can mention me. That review that we read last weekend. Oh, no. <laughs> that could be its own episode. Oh, God. We're just going to oh, have David boy. and Tara on to talk about that. Oof. Oof. Rough. It's rough stuff. Anyway. Anyway, Vox, if you're looking for a new, like, senior culture editor, hit us up. Yeah. It's a... It's a, it's a, it's a Two-person gig, like we we we, we come as we come we come as a package deal. Pay you can pay us a split salary of what you're currently paying. That no, I should I should be highballing them. Damn it! Why am I doing this? This is the worst strategy I've ever had to be hired by Vox, which is which is the uh, apparent company of Polygon. Really? I be- I believe that Polygon is a subsidiary of, of Vox Media, hmm. and I assume that Vox.com is also part of Vox Media. You would think so. I'd be yes. very surprised if it wasn't. Yes. What were we talking about? The toad? Uh, 